0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, Celebration, we're coming to you from Paris, Paris France, and uh, we just wanted to come and say thank you to all of our church. We wanted to thank you for your prayers, we wanted to thank you for your giving. And uh, I want to tell you guys that uh, man the event last night awakening in Paris it exceeded all of our expectations it was just such a powerful powerful move of God and uh, we're just so grateful and we're so thankful and we're so thankful for you guys we could feel your prayers we could feel your support and uh, we're just we're just really in awe and really thankful I know that you guys might have seen uh, some of the photos. I think they're going to be showing some of the photos in church from the event. And just there were just so many great things that happened. I mean, God came down. Heaven touched earth, and many people were saved and healed. And it was just an amazing, amazing night. Um, so, uh, so look, you're going to have a great day today. We have a real special guest and a dear friend with us today. But before we go. I wanted to uh, just remind you guys to pray for our lead team here at Celebration Paris, and so you kind of spin it around over there. That's Luik, and uh, pray for Luik, and uh, he's a great part of the team here. And of course, Alex Castro, our very own Jackson And here is Alexander, the hey. scholar of the future PhD here at uh, Celebration Paris. And then of course, you know, Pastor Gabriel, Pastor Sylvie, and they have such a heart for this city. And we're so, so proud of them. And so I thought that, uh, that you could introduce uh, our guest today, which is one of our overseers and just a dear, dear friend of mine, my pastor, and that's Pastor John Siebling. So, so introduce Pastor John to the church. Hi, Celebration Church. I, I would like to introduce you today. Our good friend, Pastor John Sibling, who is going to be the preacher, is part
1: of our family. So please welcome Pastor John Sibling today. He's the preacher. <laughs> yeah. wow. Thank you, guys. Well, So good to be here Today, nothing like getting introduced from Paris with Josh Turner up and down in the background. Poor Stovall didn't even know that he was doing that behind, but it made the video interesting for sure. How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing good? Good to be in church. Come on. How many of you glad you came to church? 915 service. A huge welcome to all of the locations that are joining us. Welcome everybody. Glad to be a part of your uh, weekend, glad to be a part of this service and sharing God's word. I love, love, love some celebration church. I always have that honor. I get introduced every time I'm here as the first guest speaker ever at Celebration Church. Uh, back at it was like what country day school or something. And what was it called? Something like that. Back in the day. And look what the Lord has done all these years. Come on, God has been faithful, and the church growing, expanding. I love pastors uh, Stovall and Carrie. Some of my closest friends. I'm so thankful for them. And and the whole team here, Matt and Carla and, and uh, big John Scott and John Wyatt and, and uh, Chris and Ashley Brooks, and the whole, the whole crew, some of my closest friends. I'm so honored to be here today. And I'm gonna share the word with you. If you have your Bibles, grab them, turn over to the book of Luke and give you a big welcome from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, wow, that's awesome. Got some Memphis people here. We started our church 22 years ago in uh, what would be maybe one of the, uh, you know, buckles of the Bible belt, I guess, down in the, we call it the Dirty South, and uh, some of you have been there, I can see. Uh, How many of you have been to Memphis? Let me see all the people, at least here at the arena, have been to Memphis. Okay, quite a few of you. Birthplace of the Blues, B.B. King, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, You know, Aretha Franklin was born in Memphis, by the way and Elvis, and uh, we have a building we bought several years ago that uh, was built in 1961, and uh, it's our only building that has stained glass. It's one of our locations, one of our campuses, and uh, it was actually where Elvis went to church. True story, Elvis went to church in this church building, and so, uh, in fact, there's a famous story where he talked about going to church, and it created created chaos. All kind of people heard he was going to church, so everybody came. and And he wrote in his journal something, you know, to, to the effect of one of the you know one of the most difficult days. I've you know can't come to church in public without creating a problem for my pastor. And so, uh, so the, the 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 story goes that he used to come in the evening and come through this side door, and his pastor would share the word with him and share communion with him and give him that personal ministry. Uh, which is kinda cool, so there's this door, and uh, we call it the Elvis door, where you can come in. And of course, we say Elvis has left the building, we gotta say that, but, but Jesus is here, right? So, and anything can happen with Jesus is here. So Elvis and FedEx, and uh, a lot of cool things happening in the city uh, of Memphis, and we're excited about what God is doing there, and, uh, and LSU won yesterday. It's a great day when LSU beats Georgia. Any Georgia fans? I know this is We're close to Georgia right here, aren't we? Okay. All right, awesome. Well, you guys are cheering. I don't know why you're celebrating, but we won, actually, so I don't know what, what's up. I don't know what's up with that. I guess it's just, we're in church, right? It's like we're in church. We're celebrating. Uh, but anyway, I love you guys. I love what God's doing here. I love this church. I'm so thankful to see Uh, God on the move and God changing lives. How many of you are loving what God's doing and seeing God moving and, man, the church growing and people getting set free and delivered? It's fantastic. So Luke chapter five, I've been in a series at home uh, from this little parable in Luke five. I want to teach from this parable for a few moments. You'll recognize it. It's the parable of the wineskins. And this was Jesus' style. This is how Jesus did things. He took truths and, and, and looked at sort of you know everyday life and then kind of drew a parallel from everyday life and laid out a foundation, a principle, a foundational principle called a parable. Everybody say parable. It's where we get our word parallel from. So he took real life and drew a parallel from real life and set, kind of set, set in some foundational principles. And so he's telling two stories back to back. We're going to focus on the second one, Luke chapter five, verse 36. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old one. Otherwise he will both tear the new and the peace from the new will not match the old. Verse 37 is our story and no one, everybody say no one. No. It's like no one would do this. This is what Jesus is saying. No one would do this, no man would do this. It's like a universal principle. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new fermenting wine will expand and burst the skins and the skins will be ruined. So the new wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, so no one's gonna think to do that. But here's the principle. New wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Everybody see it in the Amplified? New wine must be put into, everybody say that word, fresh wineskins. And then verse 39, Verse 39, Luke is the only one of the Gospels, okay, this story is told in the other Gospels as well. Luke is the only one that includes this verse right here, this this verse 39, and no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says, the old is fine, the old is fine. Now, real important parable, real important parable. A couple of thoughts from this story. If you, if you take notes, you can jot these two down. Here's, here's the first one. God wants to do something new in your life. This is what Jesus is trying to bring across, and he's teaching these religious leaders, the religious leaders of his day, he's trying to help them move forward in their life and trying to let them know God wants to do something new. God wants to do something new. The second big thought in this parable is the the new that God wants to do is going to require change, and change isn't easy. So God wants to do something new, but the new that he wants to do is going to require some adjustment from you, some change, some transition, and change and transition and adjustment are not easy. So when you think about this story, think about these characters, I, I like to kind of pull back and kind of take a, a, a look and kind of walk around the story. How many of you know sometimes you gotta look at it and walk around it and, and see it from every angle? So let's walk around the story for a moment. Think about these characters. The first character is the unseen character of the story and it's the, it's the master wine maker. It's the one who's creating the new wine, who is also the master wineskin maker We don't really see him. He's the unseen character and and it's the Lord. In this story, that's God. That's God who creates the new and God who creates the new wineskins to receive the new. The new wine is the second sort of character in the story. And uh, this is powerful. New wine, new wine in scripture always represents many, many things. It represents blessing. It represents growth. It represents change. It represents progress. It represents new opportunities and new relationships and new seasons and new levels. New, 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 new. From the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end, new wine always represents These things, growth, progress, change, momentum. In fact, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, the patriarchs, when they prayed a blessing over people, they prayed a blessing of new wine. When when Moses was preparing the people to go into the promised land, he spoke a, a blessing. He said, when you come into the new land, there'll be new wine. It was a blessing that he spoke about what God was going to do. The Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs that when we honor God with the first part of our income... What does he do? He blesses our lives with new, new wine. It's a blessing of putting God first. It's, it's progress, it's growth, it's new seasons, it's new relationships, it's new opportunities, it's, it's change, it's moving forward. Come on, does that sound good to anybody else beside me? God wants to do something new. Now, the third character in the story is you and me. We're the wineskins. The Lord, the master winemaker, the, 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 the master wineskin maker, the, the new wine, the progress, the growth, the new opportunities, the change, the momentum. And then you and me, we're, we're the wineskins. We, we are meant to receive the new wine. We're meant to, to carry the new that God wants to do. And so there's a mandate on my life, and a mandate on your life to stay in a place where we're fresh, where we're able to receive everything that God wants to do. And, and it's a challenge sometimes because the new wine comes in hot. It comes in hot, it comes in active, it comes in fermenting and expanding. And so there's there's a mandate on our life. Listen to me, everybody. It's not an option for you and me to stay fresh. It's a responsibility for you and me to stay fresh, to receive everything new that God has for us, but also through us to the world that we're living in. We bring the new wine into our family and into our our neighborhood and into our places of of work. Come on, is anybody hearing, hearing what I'm saying? So... It's our responsibility. Now here's what's interesting about, let me just kind of explain the process of, of, of creating these wine skins. Back in Jesus' day, the, the, the wine would come in, okay, they would, the grapes would come in rather than they would create the new wine, then they would pour it into these wine skins. Wine skins were goat skins that were sewn together. Goatskins because goat skins could stretch. Goatskins were sewn together, flipped, flipped in reverse, and they were coated with a resin and flipped back and 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 and, and they then were were ready to receive the new wine. The new wine would be poured in and because it was fermenting, it would stretch the skin. Goat skin could stretch. It would stretch the skin almost to the breaking point, but, but, but they wouldn't break. They, they would stretch and then they would harden and they would hold the wine, the new wine, that would be aged. They would hang the wineskin somewhere and let the wine age. Then once all that batch of, of wine was poured out, the wineskin itself would be, would be hard and, and would have been stretched to capacity, but it wasn't, it, wasn't then, uh, it wasn't then thrown out. It wasn't thrown out. Some translations say new wine must be poured into new wineskins. The reality is the word fresh is better. It's the amplified version, fresh. It means new wine must be poured into renewed wineskins, wineskins that were made new again. So a wineskin was, was valuable, it wasn't just tossed aside, but the master winemaker, the master wineskin maker, wine maker would take the skin through a process of being renewed. And it was a three-step process. First, th- that old wineskin that, that was crusty and hard and that had been used to carry the new wine would be soaked in water. Water represents the renewing of our mind new thoughts, new ideas, new things that God wants to do. We gotta think new thoughts. The Bible talks about being transformed, that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then after the the, the wineskin was soaked in water, and by the way, it would be soaked in water until it was ready. Could be three days, could be three weeks, until it went through that process of being ready. After it was drip-dried, oil was poured on that wineskin. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? We need to be renewed, not just by the renewing of our mind, but by... An experience with the Holy Spirit, and letting the Holy Spirit move in our life, and then the third step in this three step process is the master himself would take his hands and rub that oil into all of those cracks and all of those, uh, all of those uh, edges and, and the, you know all of the different parts of the wine skin. Of course, this represents god 's hand on our life that we need to be open to whatever God wants to do, and it 's not just the renewing of our mind it 's not just the power of the Holy Spirit. But let God touch your life. Let God touch your life, right? So the the most important the most important aspect of a wineskin. I want to talk about this for the rest of my time is the wineskin's ability to stretch. The wineskin's ability to be flexible. Because like I said, the wine came in hot, it came in moving, it came in expanding. This is how God moves, it comes in hot. It comes in expanding, it comes in moving, active. So our number one priority as a wineskin when it comes to receiving the new that God wants to do is our ability to be flexible. So I wanna talk about that for a few minutes. This weekend, the power of flexibility, and it's an important thing. If you look up the word flexible in the dictionary, it's the quality of stretching and bending easily without breaking. So the key word in the definition is the word easily. Everybody say easily. The quality of stretching, bending easily without breaking. So blessed are the flexible for they shall not get bent out of shape, right? Amen. How many of you know if you're gonna to come to Celebration Church, you're gonna be flexible? Yeah. Can I get an amen from everybody? Yeah. And it's a great quality, because the Holy Spirit is moving, so we gotta be flex, we gotta be flexible. The quality of bending, stretching easily without, without breaking. Now I want you to think about one thing, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, I want you to think about one thing. When it comes to the challenges in your life, think about about a challenge that you're facing, a difficulty, maybe it's something going on at home, something with your finances or your job, whatever it is, just think about that. Let me me ask you this question. When it comes to that challenge, is it a problem to be solved or is, is it a tension that needs to be managed? Is it a problem that needs to be solved, or is it a tension that just has to be managed? A lot of us are really good at confronting the problem, problem solving, and searching for a solution that we can just check off and then move on to the next thing. But how many of you know life isn't always that simple? It's not always that easy, sometimes it's a tension that we're going to have to manage over the course of time. We're living with it. We're dealing with it. We can't just solve it and move on. It, it, won't, it, it won't be that easy. It's going to be tension that we're going to have to manage. And so that means we're going to have to be willing to be stretched across two different places sometimes and manage manage that tension. You know the word transition? Transition is 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 a combo word. Trans means across, and the the root word of the word transition is position, across positions. means you haven't quite gotten here, and you haven't quite left here, so you're stretched across these two positions. So you got to be flexible and learn how to manage the transitions and learn how to manage the tensions rather than just being so rigid. Everybody with me? So let me just give you four tensions that I think we have to manage if we're going to be great wineskins that know how to receive the new. Anybody want new things? Come on, new, new relationships, new opportunities. Come on, new, new, right? New growth, new, new levels, pos, positions, and opportunities. And okay, well, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to be good at managing uh, tension. And so, so let's talk about these four tensions. Kind of a play on word on words you'll see as we go through these four. Number one, here's the first one, we need to be comfortably uncomfortable. Comfortably uncomfortable. Luke says it in verse 39, and no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is fine. And I'm not like a, you know, an expert on wine, but I do know that uh, everybody wants old wine. The older, the better, because new wine is tart and bitter and agitating, and it's hard to swallow. Old wine, smooth, aged, comfortable, easier to swallow. Here's the lesson. The lesson is there is a tendency to reject the new because we love the old so much. It's just a natural human nature tendency we're going to reject the old we're going to reject the new just on the basis of the fact that it's new and we're comfortable with the old we like the old it's easier to swallow it's not it's not irritating so but just remember the the old used to be new and it was irritating when it was new now it's old you just have to remember you know like years ago my bank you know like your bank you know was pushing paperless right everything's online which is which is fine, but then then you have to, now you have to remember all these passwords right like who your who was your best friend in middle school i i i don 't know, I have no idea i can't remember where you know what was your street address when you were in third grade like i, I don 't know give me something to work with give me so we have to remember all these passwords and then so so then it's not just online but then it's an app. You got to get this app and then you got to learn the app and then the, now there's a new app, new and improved, right? Th- version 3.3. In other words, there's progress happening all around us and if we're not careful, we can just we could just get cranky and irritated and put off by by all the new because the old was just e- it was just easy. It was easy to use. Why you gotta bring it? Why you gotta bring the new? Just when I was getting used to, I read this article about Charles Stanley. Anybody ever heard of Charles Stanley? He's on television. Great pastor. Great pastor in the Atlanta area. I read this article that he was the first pastor to bring an orchestra on stage at church. In like the fifties. And there was this uproar, this massive uproar. The audacity to bring an orchestra on stage of church—I mean, like people were just upset and leaving the church. Can you imagine? Some of us wish we could go back to that day, right? Like bring the cellos back, right? Bring the bring the violins back. But you know, the reality was, anytime new is introduced, if you're not careful, you will retreat from the new because it's uncomfortable and you'll just go back to what is comfortable. The problem with that is you're basing your growth and the new thing that God wants to do in your life, you're basing it on whether you're comfortable or not and you just can't find that. You can't find it in the Bible. I mean, read the Bible from beginning to end. Every great man or woman that God used, God put them in an uncomfortable place so they would have to depend on him and look to him. So listen to me. The next time you are tempted to retreat because you're uncomfortable, stay put. Stay put and look for what God is trying to do in in your life. Everybody say, comfortably uncomfortable. Okay, here's another one. Conveniently inconvenient. The new is always inconvenient. She's gotta learn something. She's gotta grow. How many times have you been interrupted by a God moment and it was an irritation in the beginning and turned out later, turned out later God was moving. And God brought that situation to you in order for you to grow, in order for you to progress. Watch this. Let's take it to this. Let's take it to this story. A, 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 the, the wine maker, the master wine maker, the master wineskin maker. Watch this. He had to begin preparing the skins while the grapes were still on the vine. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to prepare the wineskin after all the grapes had ripened. Uh, Otherwise, he wouldn't have anything to pour the new wine into. And so he was working on the wineskin while the grapes were coming in. What am I trying to say? You, You may not understand what is going on in your life right now, and it may not make any sense. Why is God closing this door? Why is God making this shift in my life right now? I can't see it. Of course you can't see it but you trust the God who sees. We walk by faith and not by sight. So God is getting something ready for you and he's preparing you for what he's bringing into your life. Come on, we sing songs about it all the time. We sing songs about it all the time. We pray all kind of big prayers, like God, do something new in my life. Come on, how many of you guilty of praying those kind of prayers? Like like you're, you're praying it, and then guess what? God starts shaking the tree, doesn't he? He starts bringing a shaking in your life. By the way, study that word shaking in scripture. God is a God that does a little bit of shaking. You're praying for new and God shakes the tree and the dead, the dead fruit falls from the, from the branches so that God can bring new fruit and bring new into your life. But we don't like the shaking because it is inconvenient. And uh, you know, the Lord never really checks with me on my schedule. I don't know about you. He just decides it's time and I better be ready. Here's the third tension we need to manage and uh, listen to this one: exclusively inclusive. Let me go a little deep on this one. Let me go a little deeper on this one. Everybody, ready with me? Because embracing the new means embracing new people. Hmm. People that are different than you. A new neighbor, a new coworker, a new teacher. And I started thinking about it as I prepared this message some of the dynamics we face in church. We'll talk about this just for a moment because I think it will, it will help. You think about church, but then the, 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 think about the parallel into your life because you are the church. And so you, you, you'll see, it'll make sense in just a moment. But I, I wrote down these, these dynamics that we have to balance in church. I wrote down three of them. So we have to, ba- we have to balance this first dynamic, which is the dynamic of generations. Everybody say generations. So church just isn't for one generation. Church just isn't for the younger generation. Church just isn't for the older generation. We, we don't have the, you know, businesses have these like these like, businesses have these like target, like target group, like focus group, like market. They market and target this, you know, this is the this is the ideal person to walk into our store, right? So, so the decor and the the, 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 the everything, the, the, the ambiance and the atmosphere, everything is focused around that particular aged person. We don't have that. We don't have that. Uh, we don't have that benefit. It doesn't sound like a benefit, but we don't have that prerogative. We don't. We don't have that privilege. As a church, we 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 can't do that. We're, we're a church for all generations. So, right. So that, And God even identifies himself. God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God identifies himself as the God of three generations. And I think that's our goal as a church. We, we want to see three generations worshiping together in the house of God. But listen, it's a tension. It is a tension that we have to manage. And it means, it means, it means that maybe you're going to have to set aside a stylistic preference in order to worship with your dad or worship with your son or it might mean that you're going to have to flex a little bit, and you're going to have to manage the tension that comes with being a church for all generations. And I, I, and I know some of you in the older generation are going to say, "Well, this is a church for the younger generation." I don't care what you say, because the you know moving lights and the you know the sound and all these different things that are happening. But the reality is this: the reality is, uh, 96% of of Americans become Christians, Christian Americans identify that, 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 that 96% became a Christian before the age of 20. So, so as a church, what we're gonna have to always do is make sure that we are reaching younger to reach the generation that is growing up because the older generation, listen to me right before you clap, the older generation, you're there. You're a believer, you're a Christian. You've been a Christian for 20 years. You've been a Christian for 25 years. You've been a Christian for 35 years. And so, the can I just say it? The responsibility is on you to be mature enough to be flexible so that our programming, our style can reach a little younger. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And, I, and I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's worth it. And I think a lot, of, a, a lot of my time is spent just coming right up beside an older person and pointing down to the front and saying, see that guy, see that he's 15 years, that young man is 15 years old. Look at him jumping up and down in the front, worshiping God. Now let me ask you, were you doing that when you were 15 years old? And that could be your grandson. And aren't we thankful that we've got a a church full of young people that are coming up in the house of God, and yeah, yeah. Yes, we may get a little irritated with the moving lights, and yes, we may get irritated a little bit with the songs, and it's like, man, what are these songs coming from? Like, man, it's like, what's wrong with the old songs? (sighs) Just remember, stretch, flexible. And also remember, we've been singing those old songs. We sang them. (laughs) You know, and I'll tell you this, and I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, but some churches today are still singing songs that are 30 years old, and the church is dying. Because they're not reaching into this generation and capturing souls for God. And we gotta do it. Everybody say generations. How about, this, how about this dynamic? Here's the second one, race. Just that racial. And it feels like, I don't know about you, but it feels like the, the, the level of tension in our country is, is more hot than ever before. I don't, I don't know if you feel that, but I, I, I feel like, man, the racial tension is, 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 is stronger and, and, and hotter than ever before. But listen, watch this everybody. As a church, we have the answer. We've got the answer. We have the answer. And again, we don't, have, we don't have the prerogative or the privilege or the opportunity to be a church that is just for one group. We're not just a black church or a white church or, or a Hispanic church. We are the church for whosoever. We gotta be, we gotta be, we have to be. We're the church and we are the answer to this tension that we see. I was on a phone call. I was on this conference call the other day with this this large ministry, you know, was wanting to do this big event in Memphis, and so they they kept saying things like like this. They kept saying, we got to rally the black churches. We got to rally the white churches. We got to rally the Hispanic churches. And I'm on the phone like, what about us? Because we're not a black church or a white church or a Hispanic church, we got all that we got all that it's an old wine skin that's an old wine skin we need new wine skins for the new culture and the new society and the new day that we're living in and let me tell you a new wine skin is a church that is multi-generational and multi-ethnic multi-ethnic so we're clapping but it's not always easy because that means you have to be willing to set your stylistic preferences aside for the sake of the greater, right? Because that means there's gonna be some music that you don't maybe like, or there's gonna be some preaching that maybe, there's gonna be some things that you're uncomfortable with, but we gotta stretch, and we've gotta be flexible. Come on, somebody. Come on. Mm-hmm. Exclusively inclusive. That means, listen, that means our embrace needs to be big. I mean, big old white, come on, big old group hug. Like, And, and we're getting our arms all around everybody. Not one of those like tight hugs, like. <laughs> you know, y'all know somebody that has that kind of uptight? My family's from Wisconsin. So let me just say, let me just say like, we, we, we do those awkward like, Awkward, like non-hospitable, like tight, nothing nothing southern about it kind of hugs. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that big, wide-open embrace, big old group. Come on, big group hug. Everybody, come on, come on, everybody, big group hug, big group hug. How about this third? Here's the third dynamic. The third dynamic, I'm gonna give you this third dynamic in a question. So, we talked about multi-generational. multi-ethnic here's the third here's the third dynamic in church is church for christians or for people to find christ here's the answer yes that's the answer Yes, we are, we are a church for Christians to grow deeper in their understanding of God's word and to worship God and to serve, but we are also a church for people that are outside of the things of God to come and to find life and to find hope and to find forgiveness and to find a place. Come on, can I get a better amen from everybody? So, so here's what that means. Here's what that means, that means Uh, that there are times where I'm going to have to flex because this moment is for this. And we may want this, but this doesn't really work in reaching new people and people who are outside of the faith, so we got to stretch a little bit. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And so so this whole idea of being exclusively inclusive. And here's something I teach our church, and, and it's a great thought. Sometimes you have to give up what you love for what you love more. This is maturity. What's, what's the mark of maturity? I'm going to give up what I love for what I love more. So in church, oftentimes people say, oh, I, wish, I wish we were all just one together. You know, all big, one, one church and all together. Why You know, multi-services and multi-campuses. I, I understand being all together is so awesome. And yeah, we get to see everybody. But I, I love more the fact that we can spread out a little bit and reach more people. Right? So just stop and think about it. The next time you're basing Sort of your spirituality on what you love. Is there a higher law? Is there something that you love more? Is there something in God's word, spiritual, that, you know, is stretching you? It's really important to think about exclusively inclusive. Let me finish with this last one. Here's the last one. Last tension. Last tension. Think about this. Come on. Comfortably uncomfortable, conveniently inconvenient, exclusively inclusive. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Number four naturally supernatural. Naturally supernatural. So as a believer, as a Christian, my natural bent is to be supernatural, is to be spiritual, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of me. So I have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Now watch this. I'm living here on earth. My feet are on the earth, but I have the Holy Spirit down on the inside of me. And, and, and listen, when it comes to embracing, this is... Maybe the most important thing I'm going to say, when it comes to embracing the new, the new season, the new opportunity, the new growth, the new relationships, where God is taking you, the most important thing you can do is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always leading you forward into what God has for you. So that voice that says, "No, don't, don't do that." Listen to that voice. That voice that says, "Yes, step through that open door. listen to that voice. to cultivate, to cultivate an awareness of the presence of God, and the voice of the Holy Spirit guiding you is the best prescription to stay fresh and to stay in a place where you're ready for everything that God has. For you. Now listen, this is this is gonna be the hardest part of the message. The tendency for you and me as wineskins is to get stiff and to get tight. There's this term in the Bible. Here's this term in the Bible. It's stiff-necked. It's, it's like one of the worst things that could be said about you. It basically means a stubborn determination to not change directions. It comes from this, this idea of the farmer who's plowing and he's plowing with an ox or, or, or a mule or a horse and he's ready to turn, the farmer's ready to turn but that, that horse just keeps going straight. Bucks against the, pulls against the reins, fighting against, fighting against that farmer. They were called hard of neck or, or stiff neck. Listen to me, listen to me. Being stubborn is nothing to be proud of. I know some of you have said, well, I'm just stubborn and that's just the way I am. There's nothing to be proud of. Because stiff neck people, they're hard, they're inflexible, and they often make circumstances harder on everybody around them. I, I, listen, how many lives, how many homes, how many businesses, God knows how many churches have been destroyed and are falling apart because of an unwillingness to change. It's, li- it's literally like, I, like I'm in the middle of helping a couple of churches right now, and it, it's literally falling apart. You, you don't have much left, but, but you're fighting against it because it's the way you want it to be. And I have just about made up my mind I am not going to be the reason my family doesn't have a future. I am not going to be I'm not going to be so stiff-necked and so hard and so stubborn. I'm not going to be the reason our church doesn't move forward into whatever future it has because I want it to be a certain way and I it's the you know it, we, we talk about the good old days and wish wish we good, wish it was like in the good old days. Listen, they weren't that good. You know it and I know it. What's good is moving forward into whatever future God has for us. Moving with the Holy Spirit. Change is hard. Transition is hard. But it's good because it's new. It's new. It's the new thing that God wants to do. Let me finish with this thought. Let me finish with this thought. Your identity, your mindsets, and your habits were primarily formed by your family of origin, and the experiences that you had growing up, your neighborhood, the church you grew up in, the school you were a part of, your identity, your mindsets, your habits. But then you became a Christian, and the Holy Spirit moves inside. And so the whole process of walking with the Holy Spirit and walking with God is God reforming your identity, renewing your mindsets and helping you break bad habits that don't honor God and reform good habits that honor and please God. Listen to me, this is spiritual warfare. And you know, people talk about spiritual warfare as praying and fasting and you know prayer services. It, okay, it does include those things, but, but I'm talking about Monday spiritual warfare and Tuesday spiritual warfare and Wednesday spiritual warfare is the Holy Spirit reforming your identity renewing your mind and helping you break habits that don't honor God and establish habits that do. Let me say it another way, let me say it another way. God got you out of that neighborhood. Now he's trying to get the neighborhood out of you. God delivered you, God delivered you, God delivered you from that dysfunctional family and God gave you your own. Now he's trying to help you renew your thinking about how to build a healthy family. And so instead of thinking, well, that's how my dad handled conflict, so I guess this is how I need to handle conflict. No, your your identity is being reformed, right? Your mindset is being renewed, and your habits are being reestablished. That's what God is trying to do. And listen to me, it's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient, it's all the things that we talked about. And so, in, but instead of running away from those things because they're hard and they're difficult and they're inconvenient and they're uncomfortable, no, let's just submit to the Lord because God is reforming and renewing and doing new things in us so that we can step into the new that He has for us. It's worth it, everybody. It's a fight and it's warfare, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth staying in and walking through and going through the process rather than ejecting ourselves from the process because we want to run and because we're uncomfortable. Come on. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So I want to pray for you. Put your back to your heads, close your eyes. You're here today at any one of our locations. You say, Pastor, God's doing something new in me and I've just been in this season where I, I, I'm, I haven't submitted to the process. I've been fighting against it rather than letting the Lord do what he wants to do. Would you just lift a hand right where you are? And say, I'm, I'm just, this, this was a word for me because I have been fighting against the process rather than submitting to it. Father, thank you for every hand lifted. I thank you for this word. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for renewing our minds, reforming our identities reestablishing habits that honor and please you Father God help us to be like that wineskin soaked in water oil poured out the hands of the master on it lord that's what we want so that we can be fresh we can be fresh and we can be who you've called us to be in Jesus name you can put your hands down but would you would you keep your heads bowed just for a moment more i want to pray for you here, if you're here today or in one of our locations and you don't have a relationship with jesus you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You came into church today and you feel like an outsider looking in. Doesn't mean you haven't been to church or haven't read your Bible, but if you were to be honest today, you're not walking with God. Maybe somebody invited you or you heard about church, this church, so you, you came. And you need to make a decision to be a Christian either for the first time or, or as an act of repentance, an act of rededication. If you're here and you've never prayed, to give your life to Jesus. That's the first time you're making a decision to be a Christian or you're here and that's a decision you made but it was somewhere in your past and you've fallen away from the things of God and you need to repent. The Bible uses the word repent which means to change your mind or change the direction of your life. And So we're gonna pray a prayer all out loud all together. I'm gonna pray it all out loud, all together, but I'm gonna ask you if you're here and that's you and you need to be included in this this prayer, in just a second, I'm gonna ask you to lift a hand and acknowledge and say, that's me, I need to to pray this prayer, I need to go for it. And then we're all gonna pray together, but first I'm gonna ask you to respond because I think it's important that you do. Right where you're sitting, if it's you, if you'd say, Pastor, I need to be included in this prayer, I need to get my life right with God today. If that's you, right where you're sitting, I just want you to boldly lift a hand and say, that's me. Please include me in this prayer. Fantastic, hands going up all over. Lift them up, okay, with boldness and courage. Okay, I'm not gonna gonna ask you to do anything else. I want you to do this boldly. You know you need to get your life right with God. Fantastic, hands going up all over the
0: place. Awesome,
1: awesome. Let's do this, everybody. Let's quietly stand to our feet, all together. Quietly stand to our feet, and we're gonna pray this prayer boldly, out loud, All together, everybody praying it with me, okay? Even if you didn't lift your hand, you're praying to support those who who did. So everybody all together, come on. Everybody say it. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your awesome plan. Thanks for sending Jesus to die on a cross and to rise again so I could have forgiveness and a new life. And I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me. Make me new. Come live inside of me. And give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we thank God, everybody? Come on. Awesome.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.